0: and welcome to the Empowered Eating Podcast. My name is Lauren Boleen, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach here to teach you all about intuitive eating and healing your relationship with food and body. It's been a second since I've posted an episode, but we are back with episode 53 of the podcast. I still can't believe I'm over 50 episodes. There is so much in this podcast if you haven't had a chance to listen through i would definitely recommend scrolling back through those first 50 i've put out um especially if you're just getting started learning about intuitive eating start all the way back at the beginning i my first few episodes talk about what intuitive eating is and isn't some of the research behind why i recommend to stop dieting I talk about why binging leads, why restriction leads to binging, all sorts of great topics to help you kind of understand not only what intuitive eating is, but how your body works and why research is pushing so many of us dietitians to move into this weight neutral approach. So, there's a quick plug for the podcast. (laughs) And thank you to those of you who have listened to all or most of these episodes. I really appreciate you following along and being a part of this podcast with me. So I thought it would be a good time to kind of reintroduce myself when I come back with this episode. So to do that, I'm actually going to share an episode from my friend's podcast Um, Leslie and Jay, over on the podcast Homo and Training, interviewed me and released that episode of theirs earlier this year. And I wanted to just share their interview of me. Um, I interview a lot of great people on here, but I thought it would be fun to let you guys hear me get interviewed and asked all sorts of questions. So this is just the first half, every time we actually recorded twice together, that's a whole story, you'll hear it in the podcast. Um, we talked for so long, so there are actually two episodes I'm going to be coming out with, part one and part two of my interview, again, with Leslie and Jay over on the Homo in Training podcast. Um, by the way, definitely check their podcast out as well. You can find Homo in Training on, Homo in Training on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. All right, let's get into the interview.
1: <clears throat> me 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 me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, we're here with someone who has changed my life. To be honest, I, I there's, there's no other way to
2: say it. <laughs> Wow. What an intro. Uh, yeah, you know what? We are so excited to have this super, super special guest, but super, super excited to have um, a very special friend of mine, um, of ours. Um, ours. Her name is Lauren. And, you know, fun fact, guys, we actually had recorded a very meaty, very, hours. very deck. <laughs> very long, uh, two-hour episode with Lauren back during summertime, and it got lost. It got lost. It's gone. It, it, it's almost like it never happened before, but we do hold that episode close to our hearts, and Lauren was so gracious enough to allow us some of her time to re-record with us again. Welcome to Homo and Training, and thank you so, so much for your time. I would love for you to introduce yourself and give us your credentials, please. Yeah, of course. I'm so excited to be back. <laughs> (laughs)
0: So, my name is Lauren Boleen. I am a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and an intuitive eating coach. And I currently work helping women basically recover from years of dieting and disordered eating and Mm. um, work to heal their relationship with food and their bodies. And yeah, it's definitely. Extremely rewarding work as a dietitian. <laughs> I, I
2: love that so 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 much. Um, Lauren, can you tell us really quick um, how you got into this sort of specialized type of field? Because when I kind of knew of you, you were in you were I think practicing at a hospital, mm-hmm. um, but then you pivot, and so I kind of want to know what got you to this other side of of work that you're doing, and if there was like a big turning point for you and also like has intuitive eating been a thing for a while or is it kind of like a I I think feel like it's a buzzword right now or is it like fairly new shockingly
0: um it was actually developed by a couple of dietitians back in the 90s so it's been around for a while um but I can tell you you know in my education even as a dietitian I never heard of it Mm -hmm. so I never heard of intuitive eating like that's not something we're educated on in school um so I would say the popularity of it is definitely new and it's definitely like growing within um the field. Basically what happens, I think, is they kind of came out with this thing and then the research has taken time to follow. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like there's definitely more registered dietitians who now feel like the evidence is there to get behind it. Um, For me personally, I spent my whole life dieting. Like, Mm -hmm. Like many women I talk to, I remember feeling bad about my body starting in like third grade
2: like feeling like it was
0: wrong and, um, you know, grew up in a family where there was dieting and a lot of talk about diets and good versus bad foods. So it was really kind of a personal experience because when I was in college and realized I didn't know what I wanted to do, I feel like now reflecting on it, I feel like I became a registered dietitian because at that time I was very much still stuck trying to figure out how to lose weight. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought, well, if I'm a dietitian, I'll obviously be the most healthy and Mm -hmm. therefore skinny version of myself. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I went into dietetics. Honestly, kind of because of my diet mindset, it's something that's actually super common within the field. So just Mm -hmm. FYI, (laughs) um,
1: wait, wait, can you, can you explain that? What does that, what does that mean? You mean like you were like wanting to get skinny, so you wanted to spread the skinny love.
0: So I, yeah, right. I basically, because so much of my life has revolved around trying to lose weight and be as small and shrink myself as much as possible. It even weighed in on when I didn't know what I wanted to do in college. I was like, well, I'll become a nutritionist Mm because then I'll finally find the diet that works, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'll have all of the education. I'll know how to do it. And it turns out that's not how it works. But um, I was really fortunate to, so as a dietitian, you know, and I think it is good to help people understand the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist. Mm -hmm. So as a dietitian, I was required to get a four-year degree and then I had to do a 1,200-hour study supervised internship and then sit for an exam to actually become a registered dietitian. So there is a lot of extra education um, and kind of like, I don't know, accountability is not the right word, but like, you know, that goes into being a dietitian versus like a nutritionist. Technically, anyone can call themselves that. Um, Mm -hmm. So that is important to know just for anyone out there thinking about working with anyone. A registered dietitian has gone past (laughs) he has gone above and beyond as far as being qualified to work with you on nutrition but after I graduated from my internship and became a dietitian I was working at a hospital so I worked clinically in like acute care and ICU for about two and a half years and then when COVID happened I was actually laid off from the hospital I was working at even though I was a frontline worker one of the only two dietitians in the hospital Mm -hmm. um but it worked out because you know there were definitely things that i realized i was uncomfortable with in healthcare as far as like just the way patients were discussed especially body size and the way that that affects care right after i graduated i learned about intuitive eating for the first time but then it took me probably like 5 or 6 more years to be able to do it because I was still so stuck needing to be thin and needing to be in control of my body Mm -hmm. that I was still dieting basically, even though I thought I was like starting to eat intuitively. Um, But I had obviously, you know, while I was still working in the hospital had done a lot of learning about it. And so I was starting to feel really uncomfortable having to go to people and recommend weight loss when I know it's not a helpful solution long-term for almost anyone. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, Mm
0: -hmm. So when I got laid off, I was like, I mean, I guess now is the time to start my own business if I'm going to do it. And I know exactly, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I knew that if I got to be totally in control of how I get to help people as a dietitian, I wanted to help women stop dieting. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, its it's been a wild, like seeing the difference that it's made in my own life and the way that my life has been able to grow past... Being obsessed with food and being obsessed with whatever number is on the scale and what I look like, like I have just discovered there's so much more to life and now I get to help other women discover that too. So that's how I kind of made that switch. It was very personal led, Mm -hmm. you know, it was very much, I discovered that healing. And then I was like, holy shit, I got to tell everyone about this. I got (laughs) to help Mm -hmm. every woman break this cycle of being on and off of diets and just Hating their bodies.
1: Um, when, when you talk about discovering intuitive eating, but starting the dietitian journey kind of like selfishly, Dang how it. did you like start saying that? Were you just like, "I'm tired of hating myself"? Like, let me figure this out. Did you hear a TED talk and you're like, "Intuitive eating"? What or like, what yeah. made that?
0: So I. Actually, my internship was through the University of Oklahoma. And one of the things that that program did for us was paid for us to go to the National Food and Nutrition Conference called Fincy. And that is where I just happened to walk into a session that was about weight neutral healthcare, And I was like, what? <laughs> I have literally never heard of that ever before. Yeah. And it just, I mean, blew my mind. Like, I was like, wait. I don't have to keep dieting, even though I'm a dietitian. Like, and it's funny because at the time I was on probably the last long-term, very restrictive diet that I ever did. Mm-hmm. And so I was in the middle of, you know, I had gotten out of college and I was like, okay, I'm, you know, not going to Aggieville every weekend anymore <laughs> or pff, all the time, every weekend. Um,
1: For those of you who don't know, that's the drunk yeah, corner. That's where
0: the drunks go. Yeah. <laughs> um, And I was like, time to get my shit together. And so I yeah, went on this pretty restrictive diet. It, quote unquote, worked. But that's when I learned about intuitive eating and I had to start questioning it. And then inevitably, I fell off of that diet. And yeah, I mean, it was quite a journey. And I, I would say that for anyone who ends up learning about intuitive eating after this, or even you guys like it's totally normal for it to take a while for the concepts to really like work for you, (laughs) you know, because you really have to, it's so much of it is mindset. It's not like with diets where we're just like, they're just like, you know, eat this way and Mm -hmm. do this. It's like, it's so much self work. It's so much like reflection and confrontation of beliefs that you have. Mm -hmm. So that's why, yeah, I learned about it then. And then, Basically, kept dieting for another four or so years and then started to take intuitive eating much more seriously. And even then, you know, I tell my clients this all the time I'm like, even that first year of intuitive eating was sort of just like me giving myself a little bit more permission to eat more foods, but I was still pretty controlling of the food I was eating. So it's a whole it's a whole process <laughs> yeah
1: so I think it's very important that we mention that we had um I need. I think it's important to mention again that we had a two hour conversation with you two hours where we learned a lot and let me just tell you what I've learned and tell me if I'm on the right track or not so yeah intuitive eating is kind of a way that you stop listening that a cookie is gonna kill you or I should have brown rice over white rice I should enjoy food based off of what I'm craving and what I'm wanting and that could include like thinking of my food in, in a way that it has to be the most healthy. I made a comment to you that I like this Mexican food called fideo and how I really enjoy it and I try to add vegetables to it to make it more healthy and you made a comment kind of like well why do you have to do that if like you enjoy it by itself mm-hmm. and a lot of times with fitness and dieting it's it's the food the food is what is keeping you from having a healthy lifestyle it's it has nothing to do with like your habit of eating it's the food itself right it's not about that you have an absorbent amount that is like your stomach's about to burst. It's that, no, that's a cookie. And that's terrible. You need to substitute that, that Crisco for vegetable oil. You need to substitute them eggs for grass. You need to substitute (laughs) the milk for water, you know? So um, that's what I think.
0: Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's very much like what the diet culture. So that's kind of like how, we would refer to that or how we kind of refer to that is like, we live in this culture that sends you messages like that constantly, right? That you have to healthify everything that you can't, one single cookie will send you to the hospital. Like you said, like literally we have these extreme beliefs around food and it keeps people stuck in the cycle of having no fucking idea how to be healthy or what to eat. And then it really actually does have a lot to do with your habits around food. And that's one of the biggest things I see for people is that they're so fucking confused and lost and guilty and ashamed Mm -hmm. about eating that they're like just not eating for large portions of the day and then binging. So a lot of the women I work with also binge eat. um, And that can be, you know, there's definitely a range of like how severe it is or, but for most of the women I work with, it's, I'm just so uncomfortable at the end of the night because I end up eating everything in in the evening because I'm trying to avoid food. So really like the habits, the how often you're eating is a big part of it as well, as far as like the healing from that diet culture mindset. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. um, Did you want to tell her anything that you learned from what we talked about or something like that? Yes.
2: I want to go back because what my original thought came back to me. um, And what I I wanted to ask, you know, after you should have kind of like, your personal story into what got you into intuitive eating after doing like all that education and all that work. And then even then, you know, it, it being like still uh, some time before you were really in it and taking it seriously, mm-hmm. you know, this may be a controversial question, but you know, what, what really came first? Was it, was chicken? it, was it, <laughs> was it chicken or egg? <laughs> was it being like just so over dieting, you know, cause you even said the first year of you intuitive eating, um, quote unquote, because you you said that you still were like having some type of control, but just being more lenient with yourself uh, versus before when you were on restrictive diets. So, what was it that 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 really switched for you? Was it the fact that you were just so tired of dieting? Like it was just so annoying that a diet wouldn't work, and you were dieting, and then you were like right restrictive. So then you would splurge more, and then it's it, it kind of like you wouldn't meet the macros, or you would. Or was it really just being like, I'm just really sick of feeling shitty about myself. And that includes like Mm -hmm. my body. So it was it a combination of those or what really was it that then really made you commit to those next, I guess, five years? Because you've been doing the work for a while now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a combination of like getting older, I mean, just getting older in general and just starting to realize, like, am I really going to chase this for fucking ever? Like, am I really going to keep doing this? Because of course, you know, I had lost weight on that diet. I gained weight back. So I was living in Colorado after, like during this time, basically where I'm kind of coming out of the diets and into intuitive eating. And so I really had let go of the very restrictive diets. But what I was doing is I would still like calorie counting was always my thing. Um, so I was still like calorie counting though, but I was telling myself it wasn't a diet, but it was, and most people are still dieting even when they think they're not, (laughs) I'll just tell you that (laughs) that's just the truth because it's hard to recognize, especially if you don't have like the full understanding of what, how restriction like affects your body and what the signals of that are. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I would say one, I just yet again gained weight back and couldn't lose it. I was just still constantly like looking in the mirror and talking shit, hating what I looked like in pictures, like feeling so self-conscious. And all of this was when I was skin like smaller than I am now, you know, Mm -hmm. like I have gained, I've also, I have gained weight in this journey. Not everybody does. And I'll say, you know, the thing that I tell my clients is like, you may lose weight. If you eat intuitively, you may stay the same, you may gain weight. Everybody's body is going to recover in different ways. That's another part of the work to get into. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I got really tired of that. And then January of 2020 was when I was like, like leading up to that. Cause every year for my job, we did like the health exam or whatever for health insurance which is bullshit by the mm-hmm. way but like <laughs> but we did um and i remember going to that one and when i was weighed i remember just like immediately it tanked my mood it tanked how i felt about myself and in that moment i was just like wow here we are yet again mm-hmm. in this moment and i was like i don't i have to not care i have to not care what the weight is I know that I don't feel good right now. Like I know that that's what the actual issue is here. So I, at that point was like, I am going to commit to learning how to take care of myself without weighing myself. And that's the last time I've ever weighed myself was that check-in for work Mm -hmm. in January of 2020. Mm -hmm. I've not weighed myself since then because I was like, fuck that. Like it does nothing for me. And Mm -hmm. it's something I teach my clients. I'm like, hey, what happens when you get on the scale? And what happens when you don't? Mm -hmm. How does it change your day? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. and they're like, Wait, when I'm not constantly weighing myself and thinking about how each bite of food I take is going to affect that scale, I can like be present. Mm. And so it just, it was a combination of so many things. Mm. Plus the fact that I had just learned more about it and I was reading the research and I just, the research really does show us like at the very least, at the very least, I was just reading an article that said, um, there's no significant difference in biochemical markers for people who take a weight neutral approach versus a weight loss approach but even then i'd love to i'd love to push back on that because we also know that like 95% of the time people regain weight after diets mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like obviously the weight loss approach is not long term mm-hmm. for the vast majority of people so as someone who's genuinely now in this field because i love helping people feel healthy it's just like a no, it was a no brainer from there on out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, if I want to teach people that, then I got to do it. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I really got to push myself into this.
2: Yeah. So- you you got to talk the talk and walk the walk, which Ooh. is exactly yes. what you're doing. Yeah. Um, no, I, I love that answer. Uh, thank you so much, Lauren. Uh, what I wanted to add from, um, Jay's, um, um, feedback with what he was learning and stuff is what I've learned after you read me for filth. Last time. You really did. Guys, I am Which so just sad that pro- we don't lie.
1: have it. it. It was so
2: good. I think you were speechless for Girl, a moment. No, literally. It was the best. I said, Lauren, shut up and leave. Yeah. Can you no. just,
1: just cliff notes of what, what you said, what she said, and how the Mexican was too stunned to speak.
2: I was too stunned to speak. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I had asked Lauren about you know, I was being a devil's devil's apricot and I was saying, you know, but, but there's some foods that don't sit well. Mm-hmm. Like there is some foods that don't sit well with, with whoever your body is and whoever you are. Like genuinely, they're just not going to sit well. And I was telling Lauren how, you know, when I used to eat like bread in terms of just like, gluten and all of that I would notice a heaviness to me and so then I opted personally to just see if I would notice a difference if I would opt for gluten options still eating bread still eating pasta but it was gluten and then Lauren was like just take a seat Leslie just take a seat because you're wrong and she's like unless you're fucking doctor unless you're fucking PCP ran a test on you bitch she was like I can promise you, honey, yeah. I can promise you that the stress of you and the chemical imbalance that your head is having mm-hmm. of the, is, is really causing this inflammation. It's not the fucking bread. It's yeah. not in It's not um, all these treats that you eat. It's the fact that in your head, you've already conditioned yourself that you're going to gain weight because you're going to eat bread. And so that mm-hmm. really that inflammation then is a uh, psychosomatic symptom of you bloating. And so
0: I was like... And your body is having... like Our bodies have literal stress response, like spiked cortisol from one being too restricted Mm -hmm. of energy from not eating enough Mm -hmm. because of all the rules, right? Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, just like stress itself is going to... bike the cortisol. So like the stress that you're mentally feeling about it as well is also contributing to these stress levels.
2: Yeah. Which, you know, really, really blew my mind because you already know the body keeps the count. (laughs) (laughs) And and I, I, as someone who's, who's, who's also a healthcare non-clinical, uh, employee of, of a kind, I know that I know that stress really works in our bodies in Mm -hmm. so many ways. And so to kind of have a professional like Lauren flip it back on me, it just really had me looking dumb and dumber. (laughs) And actually really had me just really reflect on that statement a lot because as a Virgo and a Leo at the same time, I, 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 I I'm like, I'm right though. Like, (laughs) I'm right. right. Like yes, Lauren is reading the research, but I am too. Okay, and it's like <laughs> yes, I, Lauren
1: went to school, but I Google.
2: Yes, Lauren has done the work, but I was listening to a few functional medicine <laughs> podcasts. There you go. Okay, yeah. I too was googling, and so I, I just like it, it. Really, I mean, it, it settled in my body how how I had to because it's something that I I've been doing in terms of my my self acceleration actualization journey is really feeling the feelings of when I listen to something or when someone tells me something, whether they're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so obviously that felt kind of uncomfortable to hear because it was mind blowing at the same time. And then I'm like, how could it be? Like, how could it be that maybe I have conditioned myself? And then I just thought about how many times I did think about the fact that, you know, you would hear that bread makes you gain weight. Um, mm-hmm. specifically, you know, um, coming from a culture of Latinx background, it's, um, the typical breakfast that like Latinx have. And so it's just like really missing that. And knowing that I have purposely skipped, you know, bread in the mornings because I didn't want to gain weight. Mm-hmm. And so I associated it, you know, with feeling like bloated and all of this when maybe it was just my body's like, damn, this bitch hasn't eaten a carb in like two days. So like now we're going to be bloated on purpose. Am I still eating gluten-free options? Yes, but I I am not as restrictive if I if I eat just like not gluten options. And it's not like it is before where I would be like not super um, anal about it where I'd be like, oh, let, let me like purposely go out of my way to look for the gluten-free cookie, mm-hmm. right? Now it's just like, I'm not even really asking if there's gluten-free options. I'm just like, whatever, I'll just take it. And so that's kind of, the slow progress that I've made, which I in my in my mind is still progress, and I do feel that it's progress because I've noticed how I've given myself permission after Lauren gave us all permission. For sure, <laughs> um, where I'm like, but it's fine because like I I need food and I feel hungry and this is what I, I'm I really want to eat. Mm-hmm. Like I really want to eat this and I'm just gonna eat it and not question if it's gluten free or not. Yeah. And I really haven't felt that. That bloatness or anything, um, like I thought that I would. Wow. That's so interesting.
0: That's you know? crazy. Yeah. Well, and and let me just clarify like the thing, and because some people are gonna have foods that don't sit well in their bodies. Mm-hmm. That is true. That like that was not incorrect like, <laughs> to right. say. It's true. That's I work with my clients on that as well. Like, there are clients who are gluten-free, there are clients who are vegetarian, whatever. Like, you can even have personal preferences. The thing is that I want people to understand is like, until you have gotten rid of the food stress, I don't think you can tell if it is or isn't the actual food. Mm. I guess that's more the like clarification. And so like, yeah, if you have unworked the food stress, you've unworked the food rules and then you eat gluten and it makes you feel terrible. Like, yeah, let's investigate that more, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, That's really taking the time to experience that food in your body without the fear, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that gives you a much clearer picture of, okay, is this a stress response or is this actual, like, I have a sensitivity to this food? Mm -hmm. So Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I do want to say that, like, you can still be sensitive to foods and that is (laughs) totally fine. No, absolutely. I, I think it's important that people just learn how to listen to their bodies for those signals versus read a CNN headline that says you're going to die from that bread you ate your whole life, you Mm -hmm. know, like, so that's, yeah, just clarification for that.
2: Yeah. No, thank you so much for, for providing additional clarification. No, that's, that's, that's so true in, in my case, you know, me specifically, I did get allergy tested and I am this girly does not have IBS. (laughs) It was just a a choice that I decided to make a while back because I thought, and it was how my body was responding. But also with the conversation that we had, it made me just really realize that, you know, a lot of, uh, I guess some of the suffering that I experience is self-made. For so so many of us, it is like that. Yeah. 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 And so I just kind of like realized, I was like, you know, I'm just kind of like tired of it too. It's just like I'm going to have good days, I'm going to have bad days, mm-hmm. but I've come to terms uh slowly this year that I'm just like more laxed with myself and I also think that it is because I'm getting older. Mm-hmm. Well, you look at well, you look at us. Yeah. And I uh, <laughs> And I just yeah, I don't know. I I I I want to get to a point where I continue to feel like a form of freedom. Um and just in everything that that I interact with and that's obviously food included in that. But yeah, that is, that's really what I learned. It was, it was really kind of just slowing down a little bit and just realizing Mm -hmm. that some of these things that I think I need to avoid or just because I thought so. And it really is a lot of that reprogramming and rewiring Mm -hmm. um, and really committing to it, you know, uh, which is difficult some days. Um, but then that makes me realize that, you know, I have more work to do in terms of just like really loving my body and really maybe practicing more gratitude in ways of, of how my body functions for me. So yeah, that's, that's what I had pieced together from. That's fucking awesome. Like, I hope you guys
0: realize how big of a deal it is to like hear all of that and take it and start doing, you know what I mean? Like And and that's why I say, I always tell everybody, this is going to be a long process. So don't get discouraged. Like, don't feel bad if you look up a diet because you saw a commercial and you're feeling bad about yourself that day, you know, like that's so normal. And that's why it's important to know that we do live in this diet culture that is constantly influencing us to feel this way. Mm -hmm. And like, one of the things that has really helped me like be able to recognize and counter those diet culture thoughts is knowing where this whole culture comes from. And it's really the what thin white European beauty mm-hmm. ideal medicine, mm-hmm. medicine, medic, like literally eugenics and racist medicine mm-hmm. that has developed these um, patterns of health, like mm-hmm. this fat phobia in healthcare, like um, understanding that the whole idea was that if, Because, you know, for the most part, there's definitely so, so many women who struggle with this. Men do as well. And I totally, you know, believe that that's true as well. But I know that for women, it's so prominent and learning that like, yeah, when women are trying to starve themselves, basically, to be as small as possible, they're obsessed with food. That's a natural response from your body because your body's trying to get you to eat well, then women aren't doing other things. Mm -hmm. And that's my own personal experience. I was so obsessed with food and being thinner that it was like, what was I really able to use my brain for? Mm. And so like, there's this whole sexism component to it as well. I think that's part of what had really helped me to make that final transition out of it was starting to understand like this work is really about social justice. Like it Mm. is about people having (sighs) equal fucking access to healthcare and equal rights and like, yeah. Oh my e- God, e- Lauren. Equity. <laughs> Lauren,
1: this, equity. Is why, this is why equity. Mm-hmm. This is why our podcast was two hours last time. Yeah. you say shit and then we're like.
2: This is literally why. <laughs> why not. No, but the, the, the fact that you've connected the social justice piece to it is so Well, and I, de- I
0: all credit where it's due to all of the incredible people in this field who mm. have done that research and work for me to learn from. But mm. yes, yeah, it, it really is. I know for most people, I know, and most people I interact with around this, it's like that social justice piece really does fucking matter. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, to add to that, I think the reason that that's so important is I think that it gets, it's like bypassed because once you, I think like, right, uh, like uh, dip your toes into intuitive eating and you dip your toes into just like how this is all really connected to, to. The overall well-being of people, not just the mm-hmm. folks that are like dieting, but also when it gets connected to um, – the folks that you know don't have access to appropriate food and then you get to like food poverty and then you get into Mm -hmm. um social determinants um of health and Mm -hmm. all of that it really is all connected and then once again it's all connected to our body and how we perceive that and then you get into trauma-informed care and then you get into Mm -hmm. and then it just continues on and on and on and that's when you like really realize that it is like a big collective work and i always i always think it's so interesting how people get into certain specialties and then realize like oh but it's also connected to my eating mm-hmm. oh it's connected to my sleep mm-hmm. oh it's connected to the people i hang out with oh it's connected yeah. to like what i'm consuming it's yeah. connected to who i allow into my space social media oh it's connected to my job and all these pillars that are like huge like nutrition um uh, physical activity sleep and then i think those are the big 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 three how they're really all connected and how we really don't all have access to to those and they really Mm -hmm. all stem from the patriarchy and also stem from like you mentioned the eugenics and how racist that side of healthcare Mm -hmm. is and it's just like can be very overwhelming i think because i think at least in my opinion it's almost like well where do i start yeah Oh yeah, you know, like oh, what exactly. should be the what should be yeah. the first thing that I tackle? But really, I think the beauty of it is that once you you really commit to something that's close to your heart, all the rest of the pieces will follow. Absolutely. Um, and so yeah, yeah, I just want I wanted to add that to 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 your comments.
1: Yeah, for sure. I definitely want to talk about something that happened to me the other day where it was late. It was probably like maybe nine or whatever, and I was really hungry. So I really wanted to go get food because I wasn't going to cook for myself. And I was kind of like, no, like it's already late. Like you don't need to eat right now because Mm -hmm. then, you know, you're going to eat and then it's like 10 o'clock and then you're going to feel some type of way and and all this stuff and not feel some type of way. Like, Oh, I'm so fat. I mean, like my stomach's not going to be very happy in the morning and stuff, if you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Um, But uh, I was also saying like, but I want it. I was like, but I'm, my body's hungry. I actually really want food. You know, like I'm not saying like I'm, well, I'm kind of, I'm, what's it, peckish. Like I mm-hmm. I was actually hungry and I was really struggling with that. And what did it, I don't know. Do you remember that? When I said, What did I say? I
2: think you said that you felt kind of like being so much on the fence on not what to decide because I think both for him were valid. Yeah. Like two valid reasons mm-hmm. that he's hungry, but his tummy was going to hurt. Mm-hmm. And just not knowing what to do and just like that taking up a lot of his like energy, his his brain power. And he's like, I, I didn't know what to do.
1: And that's kind of what I've been struggling with, with this whole journey. It's that I I'm stuck between that like freedom, but also that like, but you can't do that. I don't know if you have any advice or anything. I'll venue. I'll venue you a little bit for, some, for a professional. No.
0: <laughs> well, first, first of all, I just want to say normal. Okay. Very, very normal. Okay. <laughs> what you're going through and it's what's, amazing about intuitive eating and learning to just like not have to be obsessed with food is that down the road, you're not going to like, I literally don't think about food until I'm hungry. I go eat and then I'm done thinking about food until I'm hungry. (laughs) Like it's insane how little you actually have to think about food when you're nourished. Um, it's very normal upfront to be feeling like you're still obsessing over it. Because you do have to relearn basically how to be in a relationship with food kind of, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, what I think is interesting is when you say that you were hungry at night. And so was the fear that if you – you basically knew that if you started eating at that point, you were going to eat until you were uncomfortable?
1: I obviously would have overeaten because I was very hungry. So I would have – You know, when you go to the store and you're really hungry and you get all this stuff, um, that's kind of what happens sometimes is that my eyes get bigger than my stomach. And then...
0: Why are you going to eat so much that late? Because I'm hungry. (laughs) And Let me tell you. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. That's not even the real question. The real question is, why are you that hungry that late? What's the answer to that? It's that you haven't eaten enough food throughout the day. And this is the problem with every single person I work with. There's... You don't go to bed hungry if you eat enough.
2: Honestly, Lauren, I might is- start. I might start doing this work because once you prompted that question, I was like, "Why is he that hungry? Mm. Like, did he? Like, yeah. what happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I, 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 I don't know. I think part of it is to my lack of planning. You know, like I get off work and I'm hungry, and then right. like by the time I look at the clock, it's already late. So I think that's kind of what happens. And I do i it's so weird i think by my like years and years of like being like anorexic and bulimic i think i've just mm-hmm. learned to ignore the hungry until it's like literally let me tell run. you
0: let me just teach you run. about that oh my so, god i'm not ready <laughs> okay okay <laughs> so when you knife. diet this is a normal this is another normal thing that happens to people and you're 100 mm-hmm. right this is literally a survival mechanism by our bodies. Because if we don't eat when our bodies tell us we're hungry, our bodies assume there's no food. Because that is as simply as our bodies think about food. Our bodies don't understand a diet, like an intentional diet, versus like we're trying to survive and there's no food. Because if your body's sending that hunger signal, it's like, well, obviously if food was around, my human here (laughs) would feed me. Um, But we don't, right? We try to avoid it. And so your body's like, okay, well, they're showing me each time that food is not available. Now I'm going to take away the hunger signal because I don't want to be rude. You know, like Mm I don't want to be like reminding you that you're hungry when you clearly have no access to food. And so then this is why you end up super fucking hungry at night because you haven't eaten all day because you can't recognize those natural signals anymore. Mm -hmm. Again, that's normal. That's like what happens. Um, And at the same time, like, you can't recognize those hunger signals, your body's also knows it's so desperate for energy, it's very difficult to recognize comfortable hunger on the other end of it, because or comfortable fullness, I'm sorry, on the other side of that, like your body's not going to send very obvious or strong fullness signals, if you've been starving Mm -hmm. all day. So then you're going to end up super overfull and uncomfortable and not able to sleep because you feel way too stuffed. Like and I and I do want to say that like that's a totally valid reason to not no. want to eat super late, but the the problem is it's not an option to just never no. eat. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to eat at some point. So kind of like a helpful way to think about it and what I do for my clients, especially anyone who yeah. like binges um whether it's a lot or a little bit, you know, there's, there's a signal there. If you're finding yourself super hungry at night, um, are basically just taking all the calories you would end up eating at night. Like if you want to think about it this way, I don't think about food and calories mm-hmm. just to be clear. Um, we're basically taking all that energy you're getting at night and spreading it out throughout the whole rest of the day mm-hmm. instead. So the thing is like, <laughs> you're already eating the food. You are already eating the food, so do you want to eat it in a way that makes you feel comfortable and doesn't send you into a shame spiral, or do you want to keep going down that path where diet culture is in control of your relationship with how you take care? I mean, literally, how you take care of yourself, how you nourish your body. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> she did it. She did it again, folks. She did it again. She folks. Did it again. Um, I didn't think it happened the second time, but it did. <laughs>
0: I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just gonna come on for like a recurring episode. Listen, listen, Lauren,
1: there is, I you know, I know you predominantly work with women, which I'm all about, like literally, like women first. Um, but you've really changed my life. Like I've, wow. like if anything, like the only thing keeping me from eating is inconvenience. Like I am so lazy that during the weekend I just want to sleep and relax. But during, but like I don't meal prep so I don't have a meal at the end of the day so when I get off work it's you know five o'clock and I don't know if you know about California traffic but it is not cute it is the least cute thing ever so by the time I get like today I got here at like six thirty, and if I would have stopped mm-hmm. to get food I would have gone here at seven so like yeah. all of those things like make me kind of like whatever I don't want food right now anyway so I'm just not going to but then it's like nine o'clock and it's just like well fuck like I didn't eat and here I am I should have meal prep, but also like I was so tired this weekend that like I just didn't want to cook all this stuff uh
0: definitely and I think the problem for a lot of people there is that your idea of meal prep is what's your idea of meal prep does it have to be this like getting all this made from (laughs) made from scratch beautiful plated meal or could it be like a frozen dinner or like a bag of salad or like Mm -hmm. whatever (laughs) that you can keep at home in your freezer (laughs) or whatever for a quick meal I I can tell you right fucking now I survived on convenience foods for probably like a year and a half while I was doing this work because the idea of meal prepping was so diety to me because it's the only way I had ever done it that like I had to just say fuck it (laughs) like Mm -hmm. a lot of my clients go through periods of like not really eating vegetables so that their body oh and that's i mean we can Mm -hmm. uh, Just just ask me ask me about wait (laughs) later ask me about how your cravings change okay that's a crazy one that will blow your mind um (laughs) but yeah i i think then what happens is like so you're like okay so i'm super busy I don't have time to spend four hours meal prepping or I need, my body is telling me I need rest. I don't have time to do that this weekend. So how do you make it easier for yourself? Mm -hmm. Literally start thinking about how to make all of it easier for yourself because Mm. there's no rules anymore. Around what you are, there's
2: aren't allowed to no do. Rules. That's
1: really upsetting that you say that. I, <laughs> because literally, I am like fighting a brick wall. Because I have, for my work, I have Instacart. I'm always like, I should order groceries for the house. So I'm like, I'll get home, the groceries are already there, and that's fine. And you know, we're ordering from Costco because we wanted to get candy for the kids for Halloween. And I was like, but there's nothing that I want other than like vegetable. Because I have everything. I have you know, my noodles, I have my broth, I have my proteins, I have everything that I need. I just don't have that vegetable component. And that's Mm -hmm. where the stress of like having to go to a grocery store and do all of that Mm -hmm. becomes even more of a burden. So I just avoid it altogether. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, you're right. Like I have things to make food. I just have this like, literally like a person inside of me being like, no, you need fucking vegetables. Like You're not going to have Mexican rice without vegetables, like period. And like that for me is really hard.
0: So instead you're just not going to eat, right? (laughs) Like. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. No, I mean, it's, it's. I love what I love is like taking it because what diet culture does is it gets us so obsessed with every single bite. Right. But like, Mm -hmm. let's look at a bigger picture and think of the actual conclusion of these actions. (laughs) If we're so scared of food that we're not eating ever, like that's eventually going to catch up or, you know, there's another alternative I don't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Like our bodies can't survive without food. So at some point you're going to have to eat. And that's just like It's just true. So we got to figure out a way. And this is like what I do with my clients. I work with teachers. I work with nurses. I work with people who just whatever, have kids that they're taking care of all day. Like there's not always an opportunity to sit down and eat this beautiful, perfect, nutritious meal that looks like it came off of an Instagram page, right? Mm -hmm. Yet we're sitting on Instagram scrolling all day thinking this is what it has to look like. It has to look like this or else... I'm a failure. What are what are the feelings, you know?
1: I, I really wanted Leslie to get in on this, but I'm I'm already on a roll. I <laughs> just well actually no. Um can you have you had any issues at all with what she's been preaching, like any like self-like kind of like what the fuck am I doing?
2: I have definitely learned a lot, not only from a two-hour episode that no one will ever hear, but also from <laughs> a, uh, from a lot of like Lauren's content as well. Um, which, by the way, you know, we'll we'll plug her in and she'll she'll give her 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 at and stuff because she does post a lot of cool stuff. I like after our conversation actually like a while ago, I followed this Latinx nutritionist who's also like an intuitive um, registered dietitian, and she posts a lot of like really educational stuff that. Makes me like kind of question how I go about my day. I think the thing <laughs> for me is really the piece where um, Lauren talks about and mentioned just like how much we focus on food mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a lot like throughout the day and how that's still like um, that's still kind of like a part of my day to day because like I, I don't know if it's like the anxiety or the routine that I have set up. Or it could be just the fact of how how I've conditioned myself for the last several years. But like I'll just think ahead of like what I want to eat. And I'll think like, oh, I don't know if I want to eat that because I've eaten that in the past and I didn't get full right away. Maybe I want to eat something like more heavy and stuff because like I have a busy day today. And so that's kind of like what my dialogue looks like. Is that, like, oh, like, I'm still hungry. Maybe, like, I'll eat this and this and this. Or, like, oh, maybe I won't eat that. Sometimes I get excited about eating <laughs> things, like, at a different time. Do you find yourself, like, after you eat, starting to think about your
0: next meal pretty soon after that?
2: Um, No, not necessarily. Not like I used to before. Sometimes I do realize that, like, maybe, like, my breakfast wasn't as dense or didn't have – a lot of like what my body maybe needed, which maybe it was more carbs, maybe it was more protein. And I just didn't, uh, didn't calculate it, I guess, right with whatever I was putting together. And so I, I get really excited about eating. And so I don't know if this is still like something wrapped up in my mind where I get really excited. Like I really love breakfast food. So, I just get so excited about eating like breakfast and like thinking about having my little coffee and, and doing this and doing that. And I'm like, ooh, I kind of like want eggs today. I think a lot about just like, oh, maybe I won't have oatmeal three days in a row because I kind of got bored of it. So, that's, I, I don't know if i might like, No, I really, mean, that you sounds know, like.
0: Um, definitely a more neutral way to think about it. Right. Because Mm -hmm. you're thinking like you're thinking about the food, but the reasoning makes a lot of sense because you're trying to figure out how do I stay full longer if I know I'm not going to get to eat? How do I like if I want to eat this later and I don't want to be super full because like, you know, something I'll do. Okay, I know I'm going out for dinner in two hours or an hour with my friends, but I'm super hungry right now. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to eat a little bit of something. So that mm-hmm. I cannot be starving when I get there, but I, mm-hmm. I will still be able to enjoy that meal. You know, so that's really that's great stuff to think about, and having that kind of neutral mindset around it yeah. is super helpful too. I do want to say, um, so this is something to think about if you are still thinking about food all the time.
2: Don't.
0: <laughs> <Lord>. <laughs> so, uh, our bodies are super fucking smart, right? Oh, boy. Too smart, I say. And you heard me how I mentioned that I don't really think about food or what I'm going to eat. Know. Later, right? I okay. know. I so the, the thing is that if you are, con- and I know this from personal experience, if you're constantly thinking about food, even if you're thinking like, Okay, well, what am I gonna eat for this meal? What am I gonna eat for this meal? Sure, there's a little bit of planning, but also if you're fucking hungry all the time, that's why you're always thinking about food. It's mm-hmm. literally a hunger signal. So yeah. I do wanna say, like I said earlier, you know, there is still a lot of thinking about food at the beginning of this process. So you gotta see, like, am I thinking about food? Cause I'm just sitting like I used to do, which was not eat a lot during the day and drink a bunch of coffee to, um you know kind of suppress the actual hunger for food i was feeling and then sit on my computer and scroll through recipes and think about mm-hmm. what i'm going to make and mm-hmm. and save recipes and look at recipes and mm-hmm. then love going to the grocery store and looking at food but like i couldn't eat it all <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um so like that was that's what i would say is like if you're eating and then almost immediately thinking about your next meal and thinking about what am i going to get to eat when do i get to eat that kind of question I would say think about whether or not you're still restricted, like energy mm-hmm. restricted. Mm-hmm. Um, if you find yourself thinking a lot about like, how can I eat so that I feel full and satisfied and happy? Like that's, those are good things to think about too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's definitely, I just wanted to say, cause I know there's probably a lot of people out there who are like I'm eating and then I'm already thinking about what I'm gonna eat at my next meal mm-hmm. and when.
2: Yeah. No, thanks for, for drawing the differences between those two. No, I I definitely think of it more that how you described it, more neutral. Of mm-hmm. course I still have kinda of like random like uh intrusive thoughts where I'm like, Oh man, like shouldn't have eaten that but I, I I really do feel a shift in me, and I think it really is because of a lot of like internal work that I'm doing for like I've mentioned my well being, mm-hmm. where I'm just kind of like. But it's like fine, mm-hmm. you know. It's exactly. Like there's, there's like so many bigger things happening, Leslie. Mm-hmm. Like like it's like it's fine, you know. And I I have noticed that, um, like I've been going through some changes within the last few months in my personal life where I'm just kind of like more at ease. Mm -hmm. Um, and my body has been going through like changes and I'm just not as like upset about it. Um, because I, I feel like good, you know, I feel good. I feel strong. Um, and I'm definitely eating more. And I know that I know that because I was talking to a friend and I mentioned that, you know, I feel like I've gained weight because of the clothes that I now Mm -hmm. feel are a little bit tighter and just really the reckoning that, that first realizing that I've gained weight and just kind of like thinking like feeling like okay about it, but still having days where I like really like just look at myself and I'm like, well, what happened? You know? Mm -hmm. But I also knowing that it's just like before I really was just always, always hungry, like Mm -hmm. always, always, always hungry. Like thinking that I was just like, but, and I'm working now and I'm not building muscle and I'm not doing this. And it's like, Maybe I look good. Maybe I don't look good, but I was always consistently hungry all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was still restricting myself versus now, you know, it's not like that anymore. And I do feel healthy. um, And I feel strong too. And knowing that like my body's going to change because I am getting older. And also just really what sticks is just the fact that, you know, how much one can obsess over food when it's like, honestly, like I need to use my brain power to like fight, fight for this revolution. And how not am I going to do this? Because like I just can't have, t- I can't be thinking about food. Like we need to use our brain for something else. And so really, that's my biggest takeaway <clears> from like just the stuff that you post, and and also that other Latinx nutrition uh, registered mm-hmm. dietitian, not nutritionist. Sorry, I think I said that earlier. But also like even like I'm following people mm-hmm. that that's I was like well,
0: huge. Why yeah. was
2: I following in the first place? Like one, it's just like I'm Leslie, you're never going to do this workout. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> girl this girl's got some stamina that you don't and it's fine you got other type of stamina and like I did that like shortly after we talked like I am followed um like I wasn't following a lot of accounts but I am followed like three that I was just like you're never you're never gonna do this ab burner mm-hmm. yeah. girl you're not yeah it's, it's so hard and a minute, how, how much a minute re- doing that? how much <laughs> relief
0: comes when you're just like I just I know I'm not gonna do it
2: Yeah, it's just so much. It was like so crazy because I was just like, I had saved supposedly like workouts that I was going to do because I was like, oh, these look kind of cool, like hit workouts. But I'm like, no, this is just causing you like a bit of jealousy which is stemmed out of your insecurity for whatever reason. And it's not making you feel good, like good for her. Like that's fine. She looks great. If that's how she feels, hopefully she feels great, but that's not, yeah that's not you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I also like did that as well. Um, now it just looks more like me trying to learn just different exercises for my different like body parts and stuff, yeah. but not more of a comparing thing. It's more of just like, oh, that's an exercise I haven't seen before um, versus thinking like, oh, I'm really going to do this ab burner and I'm really going to do this on my time off right. where I don't have internet
0: <laughs> for some reason. And I know like, I don't want to.
2: There's, no, there's, there's definitely like a whole like perfectionism
0: thing that mm-hmm. comes in for it or into it for me. And like a lot of the women I work with are like that as well, where it's like, if I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm going to set this goal. I know I won't be able to do it, but I at least know I can consistently fail myself. I know I'll do that.
2: <laughs> and it's fucking crazy, yeah. dude. With all the info that, is out there that is helpful and especially like I mentioned like the cool stuff that you post it just really it it almost is like that analogy of just like the the seeds when they're planted you know and the more you run into just that type of energy and the more that you kind of commit to yourself on purpose Mm -hmm. the more that they'll flourish and I've seen that through like the trajectory of I guess this last six months of just the the mindset that has changed even with my own body and feeling like okay and feeling like strong with however I f- decide to feel strong yeah. and I also just like the way that I look at food and even just like hearing you mention, you know, it is kind of like a commitment that you have to have like for yourself. Really like what I get from our conversations, Lauren is really, it's like you have to choose I mean, you have to choose yourself. You really mm-hmm. do. And you have to choose to commit to this work. And you also have to be okay with like not having like the best days, whatever that means mm-hmm. to you, because they're going to look different for everyone. And also good days, bad days. You're going to have those with like almost anything, yeah. work, friends, relationships, life, because that's really what life is. Exactly. And just really like, um, like uh, going about it in a way where you offer yourself like that grace to just kind of like let it be for when it needs to be, but then choosing the next day yourself again. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, really that's a lot that I learned from, from our last conversation and then just seeing the cool work that you're doing and then conversations that I have with Jay. um, And then just talking to other, other people who like can have conversations that will trigger me and me kind of setting boundaries as well, where I'm like, you know, that's your journey girl. Like that's fine. And I love you so much, but like, just don't talk to me about like weighing yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's like, for me, it's not healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just like, yeah, like that's, those are the kind of changes that I've, that I've made. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's a big,
0: um, act of self-trust because Mm -hmm. like, you know, for so many of us, the reason that we chase, Whatever body we've been chasing forever is because we think our life is going to be great and perfect when we're there, right? And it's like, Boy. oh no, in reality, that- you're like you said, you're going to have good and bad days no matter what. So, how do you actually like what do you want your actual relationship with yourself to look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And here we go again, stopping because this is just part one of our long ass conversation with Lauren. I'm going to tell you right now, the next thoughtful moment that we have, we're going to have a really good episode with Lauren. So y'all are fucking tune in. But I want to say thank you, everyone who listened. Last year, me and Leslie are so excited for this new season, new year, new us, new what. We have so many new questions and life pondering ponders that we're so excited because We're feeling enthused. We're feeling orgulloso, bitch. Like, we be out here. So, we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and the opening of our new season four. Um, Only changes this year is that we took out our double features because we'd be running out of shit and we're like, you know what, that was fun, like whatever. So we're going to do Am I the Asshole next week, which they're my favorite things to read on TikTok. And I love giving my unsolicited opinion to things. And why not do it to strangers online? Like, come on. And I did skip a science moment last week because I was sick, but I'm going to talk about James Webb in two weeks, so stay tuned for that. But, um, feliz año nuevo, and let's get the
0: bread, bread All right, guys, that is where we are going to pause for part one. Next week, I will be releasing part two of this interview with Jay and Leslie from Homo in Training. See you next week.